From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Kate Shimarani on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Well, it's Sunday, campers, and I'm Kate Shimarani, your natural nurse in a toxic world for TNT Radio Live. You can email me today with your medical crimes in tyrannical times, because we really are in tyrannical times, not that we ever weren't. Well, can you believe it already? Oh my goodness, I've made some notes. It's already Saturday, the 20th of January. Now, news articles say that we're gonna be frozen, then the next day it says that we're going to be, we're going to be like spring. I noticed today in the press, it said, uh, well, a couple of days ago actually in the press, it said that We've got to eat more meat, even though we're being told that climate change is because of cow farts. And the World Economic Forum says that we've all got to eat insects. But this article says that we haven't. We have to eat meat. And some professor geezers in the newspaper saying that the way to avoid going into hospital is to eat healthier. I think he's been following my Twitter. Anyway, and, and like you need to have a professor after your name to know that. You couldn't make this up. Anyway, you are all on here because you are in the natural nurse army. I've told you a million times, you're in the army now, so it's no going out, eating garbage. You've got to own your own doo-doo because you are what you eat. Today's cells are literally made from everything you eat. Today's food becomes tomorrow's cells. No amount of exercise uh, or pharmaceutical drugs are an offset for a poor diet. Now, one of the stories in the news this week, I had to laugh. Um, it was, I think it was Channel 4, as you know, I don't have a telly, that's just a DVD player in the background. Um, but one of the stories was that, I think it's Channel 4, they took a bunch of very large ladies, because we're not allowed to say fat, because that makes us fattest. And of course, most of them are nurses, as you've seen on the TikTok video. Um, but they took a group of very large ladies and they flew them around the world to look for the answers as to why they were fat. And they went to Japan and the Japanese people were staring at them. And all these ladies had had trauma. I'm sorry, girls, but I'm going to say it right now. You know, I'm a nurse of almost 40 years. I'm a very good nurse. I'm a mixture of a bit like Mother Teresa and Nurse Ratchet. Because I'm going to turn around and say to you, you know, we've all had trauma. Get down off the cross. There's already been one crucifixion. Stop hanging on to it. Own it, own it, own it. But anyway, they're saying that they've had trauma. And I'd like to be flown around the world, please, uh, first class, ideally. And um, I, can, I can tell you just before we even get off the tarmac, while you're fat, while you're fat, you're eating the wrong foods at the wrong times. You're loading your body with toxic food, toxic water, toxic air, toxic everything. You're not getting enough sleep for a start. And that's going to make you fat and you're not moving enough. It's very, very simple. If you just changed a few of those things, you'd start to lose weight, but you've got to own it. The fatter you get, the smaller your brain gets. It's called dinosaur brains, oh, the irony. And also, if you're getting fat, you're exponentially increasing the risk of every single disease because all of your fat cells secrete more estrogen. And there's loads of reasons. Now, if we look at iodine, Iodine was known at the turn of the century. Lack of iodine in the human body is the biggest promoter of disease. Lack of it in the thyroid leads to inflammation, cysts, nodules, cancer. Lack of it in the breasts, inflammation, cysts, nodules, cancer, tenderness. There was a New England study on it. Oh, but they don't want to know about that. 
don't want to keep giving you fluoride, chlorine, bromine and all your fire retardants. And then they want to get your breast and squidge it between an enormous amount of pressure and pass radiation through it. And there's loads of studies on that, that if you have a, you know, any, and let me tell you, because as you know, because you've all been listening to me, I had breast cancer 12 years ago and on day day two left the hospital after I started reading Dr. Max Gerson's report of 50 cases. Thank God, because it stopped me having chemo, radio, tamoxifen and Zolodex, but not before they butchered my breasts and they were last seen quivering in some path lab somewhere. I've now got Barbie breasts that don't move and a backside that is rapidly running away from them. I'm trying to keep the two looking like they marry up. But I don't want you to make the same mistake. And what they do if you've had someone in your family with breast cancer is to give you a mammogram every year. If you have a mammogram every year for 10 years, the chances of you getting cancer because of the mammogram is 33%. But they don't tell you that. So there's lots of other things you can do. The first one is to think about what you're putting in your mouth, on your skin, around you and everything else. Now, just moving on, because I'm trying to get this really quick. All these diseases, all of these diseases, cancer is cancer is cancer. The longer you have cancer. And fellas, if you're thinking right now, oh, she's talking about boobs again. You know, love bags, fun bags, boobies, whatever you want to call them. They're for feeding a baby and you might like to look at them. Um, the cancer is cancer is cancer. And you're going to get cancer just like everybody else, because in the UK and America, it's one in two right now and set to rise. And lung cancer is the biggest at the moment. But you can get it in your penis. I've seen it. I've seen penises cut off when I worked in theatres, testes cut off. They don't, they don't care. They'll cut all your body parts off. They all look the same the longer they go on. But if you go back through history and you look at Professor Arnold Errett, if you look at Dr. Max Gerson, all of these people were curing cancer. You're not allowed to say cure, though. You'll go to prison in the UK if you mutter the word cure under the 1939 Cancer Act. When we looked at the stats, the forecast worldwide for cancer is set to be a million will, will, will die of, of cancers, breast cancers. A million will die of breast cancers worldwide between 2020 and 2040. And there was just one of the things I looked at. I've got to read this to you because it is getting a bit hysterical. I looked at this, this thing about breast cancer and it was saying that the survival rates, this is one on one of your um, charities, Cancer Research UK, short abbreviates to crook. They couldn't get a better name, could they? And it says around eight in 10 women in England diagnosed with breast cancer between the ages of 15 and 44. 15 and 44, as a teenager, uh, will survive for 10 years or more. But it says that women that are diagnosed between 75 and 99 their survival goes down. Well, of course it does, because they're 99. They're not going to survive another 10 years. I mean, this is the lunacy of the garbage that they print. They're going to die of old age probably before the cancer kills them. And here lies the problem. They tell you in all these lying studies that people are surviving cancer longer. They're not. They're just doing all these screening programs and getting you in to have all these tests done, finding cancers that might never come to anything that your body might deal with. And then they're saying, and then they're treating you and saying you're surviving longer. It's all one big fat lie. But that's why you're listening to me, so that you don't fall into that net. Well, look, I'm going to get straight on. We have a wonderful guest on today. 
uh, Megan Smith, who she's an artist, actually. She looks like an artist. And she made a fabulous documentary in 2020 called Boobs. Welcome, Megan, to the Kate Shamrani show on TNT Radio Live. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much, Kate. Glad to be here. Yeah, I read it. I read some of your stuff. Sadly, you lost your husband to cancer. You That's were right. diagnosed, yeah, terrible lung cancer. You were diagnosed yourself with Lyme's disease. And actually, when we look at Lyme's disease, very interesting. A lot of crossover of those symptoms between lymphomas as well, which I will talk about briefly later. But tell us, tell us about your documentary, what led to it, because of course, you've made this documentary of going on to make more, but you are an artist. So what, what's brought all this about? So um, when my husband passed away in 2000, or when he contracted cancer in 2009, two years prior, I had contracted Lyme disease, late Lyme. They thought it was in my head, blah, blah, blah. And um, I, once I discovered that it was late Lyme disease, I bought a Rife machine. You probably mm, heard of the Raymond Rife. Right. And so um, I cured myself of chronic Lyme disease at the same time my friend cured his squamous cell carcinoma that was on his leg with this machine. And I became a big believer. So then I took my biology degree and I was a lobbyist for um, a congressional lobbyist for renewable energy and I was an investigative reporter and I kind of put all those together. And when my, my husband passed, of, he, he didn't die of the cancer, he died of the chemotherapy. They put five chemos in him, one was a platinum. And after the first round, he was he went from standing up to being in a wheel, wheelchair and I asked the doctor to pull back and he said, no, no, we have to keep doing the same regime. Let's try one more time. And after the second one, that was it. He, it was game over. He died like about a month later. So um, one of the things, if I can tell you the story real quick, when we went in, the first time we met with the oncologist, someone else was in the room. I won't say who, <laughs> but she asked um, the oncologist, she said, what's this about you guys getting kickback for chemotherapy, which is basically a middleman fee. They're allowed to raise the price of the chemotherapy to make more money on it. And he closed the door and he said, well, actually, this is what's happening. Sometimes we have to give a patient three chemotherapies instead of two or we will go out of business. And we just couldn't believe it. I mean, I'd never heard that before. I've never seen it in print anywhere. I've been asking medical oncologists about it. American Cancer Society said, well, you know, some people just don't have ethics. It's an unfortunate situation. I said, that's not an answer. <laughs> that's... So, Eric, um, if you know Alex Berenson, a New York Times reporter, um, he reported on this kickback thing, and he said once they stopped doing the kickback, the I think attorneys general in the U.S. got on the Medicare to stop doing that. I, they had to find a way to uh, increase their salary to back where it was with the kickback. So I think what they started to do, some of them started to put extra chemo into the patient that was not warranted, which is just frightening. And I don't know how widespread this is. I haven't seen, like I said, nobody else is reporting on it. I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. Megan, let me tell you, it's worldwide. It's everywhere. The body is the cash cow. I've seen this in nursing. I've, I've heard it from people telling me, I know this goes on. It's disgusting. It's murder. It's mustard gas. It's cut, poison, burn. And I'm just saddened it's it's happened to your husband. We're just going to take a quick word from our sponsors now because, you know, a girl's got to eat. And then we'll be right back on TNT Radio. And you're listening to me, Kate Shimarani, Natural Nurse in a Toxic World. Please do go on a website, buy socks, buy jackets, buy everything. It's what keeps us going. Back in a minute.
TNT's Mark Morano. This just in, we have a new way that's proven effective in dealing with climate protesters who deign to block highways, streets, and other public areas. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this appears to be the most effective way. We have a uh, we have a field shot, a correspondent on the scene. Let's go to clip four and take a look at how to deal with climate protesters when they block your way on your morning commute. I don't want to see protests shut down, but obviously when you're blocking traffic and you're doing that, you need to be dealt with. I thought this was a great vigilante way of dealing with it. Mark Morano on today's News Talk TNT. I said, could she die? And the doctor said she could. It was so scary. When I started clawing at my neck and trying to breathe and I thought, you know, what are we going to do if I die here? (laughs) How's everyone going to go on? When someone's gravely sick or injured in the bush, they rely on the Royal Flying Doctor service. But now the Flying Doctor needs your help to fund vital medical equipment and supplies. Please search Flying Doctor online to give a regular gift of just $10. You can help equip the Flying Doctor's teams to respond to any emergency anywhere. Search Flying Doctor online. Become a part of the Royal Flying Doctor service and help save lives in the bush. Kate Shimarani on today's News Talk TNT Radio. You are listening to me, Kate Shimarani, on Sunday the 20th of January. Can you believe it? We're talking about something that everybody knows somebody about. We're talking about cancer. We're talking about the lie that is medicine. We're talking about oncology. Remember, last year, all of the pharmacia, the pharmaceutical companies, the sorcerers, switched from vaccines to oncology drugs. And yes, we're hearing about oncologists talking about turbo cancers, but are they actually telling you as well that not only are they working in the National Homicide Service in the UK, the NHS, but they're also working privately and in America. So they are making huge, huge sums of money treating these turbo cancers. doesn't matter whether it's from the vaccine or whatever it's from, they're now treating all of them with all of their usual potions and this is just, it makes, what, $600 billion a year, what it did before COVID-con. And this is what is happening and kickbacks. Now, my lovely guest, Megan, who are going to go back to, who's made the documentary Boobs, and her own husband, she watched his body destroyed with the second round of chemo. Um, we're, we're going to be talking about that. But what's actually happening in the UK now is there was a study Actually, it was it was 62 articles put together and doctors have been warned that all these patients that had these COVID shots are presenting with um, lymphoadenopathy. I'm going to say this wrong. And it's being diagnosed as cancer. And so they're hitting them with all these chemo drugs when it actually isn't cancer. And I wonder how many things are cancer. And when I went to see an oncologist a long time ago, uh, the pompous ass had a picture of his yacht on his desk. 
I mean, I'm fighting for my life and he's got a picture of a yacht on his desk and this state of the art. So what happens is they get invited. If they use so much of a drug, they get a, a, a bonus or they get invited to a conference in Antigua and they can take their wife and children and they've only got to pitch up for a couple of hours, but it's a two week jolly. This is exactly what goes on. Johnny and Jane in private school, wife in the bridge club. They're so entrenched in this lie that they just can't, they can't speak out anymore because money becomes the master and law and ethics goes down the Kazi. And sadly, really, they don't know you. There's no one going to look after your health better than you doing your own due diligence, which is exactly what my guest has done today. She's an artist, but she did a due diligence because she became a victim to it all. Megan, please do continue what you were telling us before the break about this kickback, which is a kickback for them of cash, but a kick in the teeth for us, the peasants, on the receiving end of the uh, the vicar's, you know, the pump with the mustard gas in it. Yeah, for a while they were allowing um, oncologists to buy the chemotherapy at wholesale and then put on a margin and sell it at retail and they the sky was the limit, right? And the patient didn't know this was going on. Finally, um, someone started screaming and um, Medicare said, okay, 6% is the, that's a, the highest you can go for the, the add-on. So oncologists were scurrying around trying to make up that lost income. And so I think one of the things they were doing is they started to add an extra bag, at least one, into patients and not all of them and not all the time probably, but you know, who knows how often this happens. And st the standard of care has got a lot of wiggle room in it. So I'm sure they could, you know, they could get away with it legally. But like you said, it is, I mean, in my view, it's to you know, extremely toxic and I borders on murder if it doesn't already cross over the line. So Megan, just let me say this. So when a patient comes in, let's say they've got, uh, let's say they've got a, a lymphoma, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And what actually happens is they give the chemotherapy and let's say they're giving a high dose of steroids, then they're giving another drug, several drugs. They might even do a combo of drugs. It's really a trial because they've not got any data on it. And then that patient then dies as a consequence of those drugs because it wipes out their lymphocytes, wipes out their, uh, their red cells, their oxygen carrying cells, and they die as a consequence. And then you hear it all the time, don't you? Their bodies just weren't strong enough. And it will say on their death certificate, died of pneumonia. It doesn't say killed by the cytotoxic drugs. It'll say secondary cause was the cancer, but it will say cause of death will be whatever they died from. So when you get a drug and that drug's being tested, people think it's tested on thousands of people. You might only have 10 people in the test. And then what happens is they wipe off the first six weeks to get rid of those that die whilst they're trialing this drug. And if that drug is being trialed because they want it to shrink a tumor, the lab that is doing that, the, the, whoever's getting the funding for it, they're told it needs to shrink a tumour. That's the first thing. And if they don't come up with that that drug shrinks a tumour, they're not going to get their funding the following year. So they manipulate it and manipulate it and manipulate it till it shrinks a tumour. Now, it doesn't matter if all those patients die, because at the end of that three-month trial, it actually accelerates tumour growth 
As long as in the three-month trial it does what it's supposed to do, a shrink the tumour, that drug is deemed a success and it gets a licensed. It's hard for people to believe that the government are not your mummy and daddy. They don't love you. And pharmaceutical companies are out for one thing and one thing only, and it's profit. And if you look at who is invested in all the pharmaceutical companies, it's the gangsters in government, the tyrants. That is who has got all the investments. Honestly, it's all, all, all roads lead to Rome. And for me, as you've just said, if you have a cancer, it means that you can no longer rally an immune response enough to repair the damaged DNA before that cell divides and becomes a mutation or cause apoptosis cell death. Most cancer patients can't get a really high temperature. That's another thing, they just have a low grade temperature. So they're already really toxic. The liver can no longer process any more toxins. So how bizarre that you come in with a load of drugs to make them more toxic, to destroy more of their fighter cells. One could almost be forgiven into thinking that it's actually on purpose. They've made these drugs deliberately to destroy your immune system, to make you more sick and kill you. And just to say, just remember that in the Nazi camps, the typhus vaccine that they trialed on the prisoners in the, the test camps, they had the work camps, and then they had the camps where they tested drugs and all sorts on people. Um, that typhus vaccine killed 700 out of 800 of the prisoners, and it was deemed a failure because it was supposed to kill 800. So I just want to say, you've got to think, you've got to think now, you've got to look at everything as an inversion. Look at it as an inversion. I personally believe they know exactly what they're doing. They know what all these drugs will do. And they know, you know, you've got to kill some quick. You've got to let some get through. And like you say, you know, when they put three in the bag, three three goes at chemo, who's, who's going to be saying? Who's going to be questioning that? Nobody. The nurses won't question it. We've just seen that with the COVID shots and the, the morphine and midazolam. They were given enough to kill them. They don't question it. They took their 30 pieces of silver. The doctors aren't going to question. They didn't even question protocols that come down from the top. All the doctors are involved in is their license and their professional um, status. If they sway from guidelines, they're not insured. So who is actually the patient advocate? Who's looking when they kill them with these drugs, as you've just said, Megan? Nobody's Nobody. looking, are they? No. It's Nobody's looking. They're, no. They're manipulating statistics, like you said. The trials are, a lot of them are just BS. They have, they know what they want the outcome to be. And so they just manipulate until they get the outcome to get their new drugs through. Um, I've going back to overdiagnosis. They, they misdiagnose, they overdiagnose. Um, I had a friend who was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Turned out he had mononucleosis. And they were just about to stick a needle, you know, in his arm. And the American Cancer Society, I talked to them about that. And he said, yeah, that actually happens fairly frequently. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, how many people are getting, you know, treated for cancers they don't even have? Pathology, I thought was almost 100% accurate. It's nowhere close to that. Nowhere close. It's totally subjective. It's totally up to the pathologist what kind of day he's having. He's looking at the slide. And he says, well, I think it's this, but, you know, it might be something else. And next thing you know, you're going down the road of getting chemo and getting your breast taken off and everything else. And 
Um, I had no idea that was going on. That was like a big eye opener to me. And American Cancer Society, again, they said, yes, definitely get a second opinion. They, they knew this was going on. So. Yeah, and you know, in, in the UK with our NHS, most people don't get a second opinion. And what they do is, so if we look at breast cancer, uh, they look at everything and then they have what's called a multidisciplinary meeting when you get all these people with lots of letters after their name and egos, the, the, you know, the size of a double-decker bus and they get them all in and they decide. So for me, they said, based on the size of my tumour, uh, I was to have surgery, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, tamoxifenzolidex, but actually I didn't have a tumour that size. They took lots of tiny tumours and then they added them all together, which is completely different. It's completely different. Um, so you get what's called a multidisciplinary team and they decide. And unfortunately, because we have idolatry where people idolise these monkeys and uh, and then we have, you know, the, the, I call them pimps and assassins. Uh, the pimps are the, the doctors getting the kickbacks. The assassins are the useful idiots that are injecting it. Um, but what you actually see is people, as you've said, they they make a decision. And the most awful thing I read recently was, uh, well, it looks like this. It's got some of the characteristics, but it's not got this, but it's got this. So it's likely. That's bastardized science right there. When did likely become absolutely definite uh, and you're going to then inject a drug that's already killed seven in a trial then you're going to give a load more drugs that uh, could kill and it's going to wipe out their immunity i walked through a ward and i saw mannequin dummies lying in the beds they were bloodless these people and yet they were serving them tea coffee sugar big tin of sweeties for the staff and what do they do when you have an mri scanner and they're looking for where else your cancer's gone. They inject you with a sugar solution because your cancer cells have got lots more insulin receptors on them because they need sugar and you light up like a Halloween cake. So to see them serving garbage food is, is it's preposterous. But of course, it's because they don't know, isn't it? They don't know. It's a system that has been set up to recognize a symptom and just apply a Rockefeller drug. That's it. We had a doctor on the show, on this show, saying we don't get taught about nutrition in med school. We only get taught to recognise a symptom and apply a drug. So I think when you used the word a few minutes ago, murder, I concur. I'm, I'm next to you. I'm behind you. I'm beside you. I've been a victim of it. I, I you know, I, I've got silicon in my chest, which I'm now thinking, you know, 10 years on when that, I decide, do I need it changed? I'm thinking of just, you know, not bothering having that removed and just the excess skin off. But how many people are dying right now because of this lie? It, it's And you've lost your husband, not to cancer. I, and I, I don't have a magic wand or a crystal ball, but he might be here today had he have followed a natural route. And it, it's murder. It's murder. Yeah, we were using the Rafe machine on him. He was using it on himself, actually. And he had his symptoms were starting to disappear. And I said, why don't you try this before you're stage four? We know where it's going. Why don't you try this machine before you go down the road of chemo and radiation? And he said, I don't understand this machine. I tried to explain it to him. He said, I just have, I have to follow the white coat, Megan. 
Um, and if I could follow, if I could talk about diagnostics, they're finding out now that diagnostics, you know, they're over-radiating people. The literature is starting to scream about stop, you know, giving a kid a CAT scan just because he falls and hits his head because five years mm -hmm. later he's going to get brain cancer. They can't figure out why all these kids are getting brain cancer. Of course, they're running around with their mom's cell phone too, but um, you know, well, they, they, and it's accumulative. Radiation right. is accumulative in the body. And right. what's the first thing they do with these, these, we've got an explosion of lymphomas in, in adolescence. What do they do? They found this and then they suddenly go, oh, we want to do a PET scan. They want to do a PET scan where you have to put them in a, in a lead room for a couple of hours afterwards. They're going to irradiate them at such a young age. And They're then they so want to harvest... Money. Yeah, harvest all their eggs first. This is the other thing, because they know it destroys everything. Mm. And so these kids are getting, yeah, like you say, and this uh, EMF in the entire environment, you're absolutely correct, mobile phones. Um, you can look at all of it, 5G. So so what's next for you, Megan? You've made this documentary boobs, because this really is, you know, I... I read three studies after I'd had the surgery and it said that if I did surgery chemo radiotherapy tamoxifenzolidex I had a 20% chance of surviving two years and zero surviving five so mm. I went in and I said what the hell I've just had my boobs cut off for nothing uh, and he's lovely but he said to me well we hope well there's another bit of bastardized science mm. we hope hope and likely uh go in the same room 101 as making your relative comfortable because that generally means they're going to end of life care them um what's next for you how are you gonna because this is very dangerous what you're doing it's very dangerous well, what you're doing okay <laughs> um i hope not but um well it is because we've had endless doctors have been killed yeah they don't usually go actually Right. They don't usually go after journalists. That's what I'm hanging my, my hat on. But my parents had the same thought. They said, are you sure you want to do this? Um, but I think I'm OK. But so the um, boobs film, boobs, the war on women's breasts. Um, I take women through um, mammograms and then I leave them with hope talking about thermograms and ultrasound at the end. Then I did a second film after that um, that I just released called A New Standard of Care alternative cancer therapies. And that one's out on YouTube free. You have to actually go to my website, a new standard of care.com to find it because YouTube, you know, they've got the algorithms all mixed up so they can't find stuff like this. Um, that second film is comprehensive. Um, the first act is about what we're doing now for standard of care, like you talked about. And then the second act is about alternative cancer therapies. I traveled all over the world. Um, the all over the EU, all over Mexico, all over the US. And I found what I thought were the most promising clinics and um, therapies. And I put them together in layman's terms and I have all the doctors talking. And I also follow um, my husband's path, my the storyline, my um, friend, good friend who wouldn't listen to me and went down the road of um, the standard of care and did immunotherapy trial and ended up dying a horrible death. Um, and then the third act is about why we're not why we're not using these treatments because that was the question I always got from my friends. Oh, Megan, you're full of it. You know, if these were so great, we'd be using them. Why aren't we using them? I said, well, okay, I'm going to tell you why. And I go through, you know, an hour and a half just talking about, you know, the corruption in medicine, the revolving door with Congress and the U S and medicine and academia. And, um, 
I just take people through all the statistics that they, you know, that they tweak so they get the outcome they want, like we talked about. And so it's a really great just one one stop shop for anything you want cancer. <laughs> um, That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I hope, you know, what um, Ty Bollinger did was so fantastic, but it's many, many hours of research. Mine kind of starts with an overview. And if you want to go deeper, then you can look at Ty's, all of his amazing interviews. But um, and that, he was, was, that was the truth, the truth about cancer. Yeah, right. my ex-fiance was in that. Uh, he had a clinic uh -huh. down in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And he's been on the show with us, Dr. Patrick Vickers. Yeah. I've been down to Mexico. I've been down to Mexico and uh, I, I'm just going to say, folks, because I am, you know, I, as they say on TNT, I say it as it is, do not always believe that the natural side of the industry is, is all clean cut either, because there's a lot of corruptions in that as well. Where there is fear and where there is illness, there's a lot of money to be made. And I can tell you, there are some gangsters in that one as well, just the same as the supplement market. It's a huge market. Um, so you've got to do your due diligence and owe your body. Well, look, we're going to just take a short break from our sponsors. And you're listening to me, Kate Shamroni, for TNT, Natural Nurse in a Toxic World. And don't go away because this is life-saving information. And don't forget, I always like to talk about vaginas and erections in every single show and there's no better way to have a tickety-boo vagina and working erection than to have a very natural clean diet and avoid toxins and you don't get cancer that way either see you in a minute people might tell you that lyme doesn't kill people but we are losing people people disappear from their lives one of the scariest things that i had to deal with was uh memory loss not just like I don't remember what I did last week, but like I forgot all the words to my own songs. I remember going to my primary care physician and he was like, you are 100% healthy, there's nothing wrong with you. And my response was, that's impossible, I'm dying. I wasn't working. I had all of these hospital bills. We had to move out of our home and move into my parents' basement. I just wish I could have truly been present in those big moments, you know, when she took her first steps or, you know, her first day of preschool. Lyme is such a thief and it goes undetected because no one is looking for it. For more information and prevention tips, go to projectlime.org. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. And for those with children, the separation can be especially difficult. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. You can watch your mom or dad read a book to you, and it almost feels like they're really there. We ensure they remain a consistent, meaningful part of their children's lives, no matter the distance. Just seeing Jacob recognize Daddy again after a long time just melted my heart. And now, as we're facing greater isolation from our loved ones, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading and download our free secure app at unitedthroughreading.org. JDRF's vision is to create a world without type 1 diabetes. 
type 1 diabetes community is at the heart of everything JDRF does. We were founded by the type 1 diabetes community. In the main, we are governed by the type 1 diabetes community, we're energised by the type 1 community, and we're accountable to the type 1 diabetes community. It's on their behalf that we exist, and it's on their behalf that we must succeed. JDRF exists to rid the world of type 1 diabetes. It's easy to say, but it's hard to do. So for us, that means rallying all the resources and all the people and all the organisations required to make that a reality as quickly as possible. The world's best researchers, exciting innovative companies and the passion of the type 1 diabetes community then delivered through the health system so lives get better every day, day after day, until the day we find a cure. To everybody in the type 1 diabetes community, no matter your age or stage with the disease, whether you were diagnosed recently or a long time ago, we need you to know that we are here working on your behalf to deliver a world without type 1 diabetes as quickly as we can. Thank you to everybody who supported JDRF in so many ways. You are making our vision of a world without type 1 diabetes possible. Telling it as it is. Kate Shimarani on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I'm Kate Shimarani and you are back with me on TNT Live. And this is the first hour of my show because you love looking at my fabulous face. And as you can see, I'm wearing the TNT colours today as well, red and black. Um, we are talking boobs. Yep, we're talking boobs. And I know you fellas like, oh, she was talking about erections last week. No, we were talking about your soggy erections because your diet's wrong. But um, we are talking boobs. And I've got a lovely lady on who made the documentary Boobs, Megan. And she's she's not just a, you know, a journalist who's just talking about it because she wants to write about it. She's lived it. She's breathed it. She's had friends die of cancer. Her own husband, we're going to say, was murdered with the treatment to cancer. But before we come back to Megan, I just want to say this. When you look at all the diseases, Lyme's, because Megan also had Lyme's, when you look at the fact that they're injecting everybody with two to eight million live bacteria from a, a cow pus, TB, and it, it lies latent in the body when you look at all the spike proteins or what's happening from a COVID shot, you look at actually all disease, all disease. When you start giving the body what it needs naturally to recover which it can you can avoid and reverse disease believe it or not you start removing the toxins from the the environment that's toxic air toxic food giving them nutrient-dense organic food toxic water get rid of it give them a distiller or a berkey or both so you're taking out the fluoride fluoride chlorine bromine all of the toxic products you put on your body because this is not a wetsuit what goes on your skin goes in your systemic circulation toxic mind you be careful what you know, what you have around you, your anxiety levels. Um, so that's food, water, air, getting lots of sleep, the body will begin to heal. And when you start addressing how you detox, it might be coffee enemas. Yep, I love my coffee, up my backside, a litre every morning, works a treat, uh, doesn't wake you up, it has the opposite effect. Coffee enemas, they're in the Merck Medical Manual, I believe the fifth edition, and they were used for pain, pain control. I used to do five a day. Now I do one to two a day. And as you know, my beloved daughter is sick and this is what she's doing. And uh, we're seeing good results thus far. But look, when you start to do this, the body heals. It doesn't go, oh, I'll just heal that tumour that you've pointed out. No, it heals in the order that it wants to heal. 
When I was diagnosed, I had psoriasis on my scalp, plantar fasciitis, my feet hurt when I got out of bed. I had funny heartbeats. I kept having ECGs. My eyesight was going downhill. I was getting cold sores all the time. I had cystitis all the time, inflammation in your bladder. I had thrush all the time. Um, all of these things. And I suffered terribly with migraines my entire adult life. I've never had a migraine since I started doing the Gerson therapy and all of those other issues I'm talking about disappeared, except we discovered I'd got antibodies in my thyroid. And then I began to learn about Epstein-Barr virus and I began to rethink actually cancer completely. So everything heals. And I don't know whether you're aware, Megan, German new medicine, there's a topic we're trying to get someone on. So when you take away the offending critters, your body, the most fantastic creation ever, will begin to heal. And I think, Megan, that's what you were talking about before we went to break. Your wonderful website, which is a one-stop shop with everything that you've learned, both from a personal level and what you've learned by going around and reporting and investigating everywhere down to Mexico and everywhere. And you mentioned Raymond Reif machine. And you've put this in all one place. So would you, would you agree that when you take away all the offending items and give the body what it needs, does it heal? Have you found that in your in your studies? Yeah, I, I believe um, if you nutrition, detoxing and detoxing the mind, as some of the doctors say, um, a lot of cancers are brought on through stress and um, German new medicine. Yeah, medicine exactly. It. Tony Jimenez in, in um, Mexico was the one who I have him on films talking about an amazing story where this woman, he said, you know, the cancers I treat generally go away. But if they don't, I'm I, he says, I haven't gotten to what happened to this person two to 10 years prior that was stressing them out. You know, he can tell like there's the Chinese meridians, you know, left breast, right breast, female, male, all this stuff. And there's this one woman who would not break, he couldn't get the breakthrough of the cancer. He's like, what are you not telling me? What happened to you? What happened to you? He said, I've never, she said, I never told anybody this before, but I had men, the men in my family abused me. It was this terrible story I won't go into. And as soon as she had this big breakdown, like within two weeks, her cancer just melted away, he said. It was, it was a very powerful story. So the psyche. Yeah, it's a, isn't that incredible? Because of course we are, we are, before we're physical, we're spiritual. And uh, without even going into quantum physics, because it will frighten the socks off all of you, you're not real. You're just a hologram. <laughs> but that whole, we, what, we, what we think as we speak, so, so shall we become. And it's like the people who constantly say, I'm, oh, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat. They'll be fat because it will just keep leading them to the food. You've got to speak it. We're told in scripture, actually, our word is our sword. It's our weapon of offense. And that's exactly what I see with patients and in studies. The ones, it's proven in studies, the ones who believe themselves, they're not going to die, they're going to get well. So that would, let's look at that again as an inversion. I mentioned Tony Jimenez and they actually use all this stuff on the TV, the Idiot's Lantern, in all the magazines, everywhere, you see the patient getting sick. Then they go to the doctors in the white coats. Then you see them vomiting on the TVs, having their chemotherapy, bald head. People think cancer is having a bald head. No, that's cytotoxic drugs. 
And then you see them getting better and living their life. So the people think they've got to get really sick to get better. And they make cancer a thing that they're so afraid of, the big boogeyman. In this country, we have race for life. Every year they go running for it and, you know, donning a pink wig. So they've made it an actual, it's an industry. And then in the UK, you get you get to ring a bell when you've finished all your chemo, like Pavlov's dog. You get a certificate if you manage to, I mean, you know, like you get a certificate at school, you get a star, you get a certificate if you manage to enjoy, endure mustard gas enough to like rip your body apart. You don't know what end you vomit and your diarrhea is coming out of. You get a certificate. So if these people are believing this is the boogeyman, there's a thing called, great bit of research for you actually, Becker's Health Belief Model. And Becker, I think it was the 50s, so it will be the same lot of gangsters. The nurses and doctors in the UK are trained in Becker that the patient must believe that the threat is so great that they accept all treatment without question. How sinister is that? So these people are believing, what and you must have found this in your research, they're told you've got three months to live if you don't do the treatment and they literally die to the day. Yeah. They, they curl up and accept it. Right. They all, and, and doctors, and I have a medical oncologist saying this on camera, he said, I hate to say this, but patients are rushed into chemo. They don't give them the time to think. He said, like, my, my husband wanted to go on a two-week vacation after he was, the radiation took him out of pain, thankfully. But he said, I want, before chemo, I want to do, go two weeks away. And the doctor said, no, 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 you have to go into chemo right now, right now, right now. So he never got to go on this trip. It wouldn't have made any difference if he'd gone on a two-week trip. The doctor, this is the same doctor who said that he was, you know, over-chemoing people. And I always wondered, you know, is that what happened to my husband? He raced him into chemo. They don't want, they don't want people getting on the internet and looking up Mexican clinics and understanding that there's a gentler way and a more spiritual path to get over cancer than poisoning yourself. Absolutely. And just to say on a personal note, because you are my fam, and I love you all. Um, my daughter had just arrived on her holiday for Christmas with her boyfriend and they phoned her to come home. They phoned her to get on a flight. They actually told her she could get on a flight after sticking a needle through her chest. I mean, bonkers, 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 bonkers. And uh, this is what they do because they, they need you to be in fear. They need you to see it as a great urgency. And just to say, folks, Megan and I, are just doing this show for entertainment purposes only. Please do uh, listen to us, have a jolly good laugh and cartwheel around your living room. But if you do have any symptoms, worsening or new symptoms, or you are on any prescription medication, please do go and see your indoctrinated Rockefeller trained doctor or consultant or specialist. Don't listen to us. We're just a brunette and a blonde having a chat. It's important that you do listen to your doctor, not us. Anyway, Megan, so you've gone down to Mexico. I'm so sorry you've lost your husband, but I, I, I have a very good faith and I, I, I don't know what your faith is. I haven't asked you, but, we, you know, Jesus told us to turn it around. And, you know, would you have been a servant, which is what you are doing now, truly serving others, if you hadn't felt a personal pain of losing your husband, I can't imagine, you know, how that feels. Um, but would you have, you know, done this? Possibly not. And so what you've done is turned something that is is a horrible tragedy, uh, a murder, 
into serving others. And it's it's incredible because every day people are being diagnosed and they're lost. They don't know what to do. And it's very difficult to step out of the bureaucracy when you start looking for having tests on yourself. Uh, and just to say, folks, adolescents where they don't want to have treatment, they've gone to the courts and had these adolescents sedated and forced, forced treated. This actually goes on. And your children, if you think you own your children, you do not. As soon as you sign for your child, the, the record of the birth, you only have parental authority. So the courts can decide what they consider based on the Rockefeller doctor's opinions is in the best interests of your child. And they'll take them from you. That's exactly what they'll do. You might want to go down the natural route, but they'll actually take them from you. So this is a very scary scenario. Um, so what advice would you have for people, um, the best way forward? What, what would be the, your one strap line for anybody who is frightened of getting cancer, they've had loved ones get it, or they've got it? What would be your, your, your finest, strongest line that you would say? Well, I, I do think that everyone's on their own journey. And my journey was, unfortunately, contracting Lyme disease and making me so sick. I, I, was, I think it's, I was on my way to, to death quite frankly. Mm -hmm. um, and, but I also felt like God gave me that so I could find a cure, which I mean, I, it was happenstance how I found the Rife machine. It's a bizarre story in itself. Um, and then my husband got cancer and then there was that journey. And I just felt that all of my training of a master's in science and everything just kind of came together. And it was my calling to, um, go through this, like, and probably what you're going through also. Um, it was a spiritual journey. And and everybody, by the way, everyone that I have met that has reversed their cancer using alternatives, they are all spiritual. They are yeah. all across the board. Gonna, amen. Exception. So amen. It's a, it is a spiritual journey. And I was trying to talk my friend who had, he had stage three um, throat cancer into going to considering Mexico, talking to them before he went down conventional path. And um, he just, he was so anxious. He said, I can't, I don't know what to say. And his wife couldn't talk him into it. So they're now on this terrible journey. They're very spiritual people. I said, it'll be amazing you know, road for you if you go this other direction. And now he's suffering greatly. And, um, you know, it's hard to convince people. Otherwise, I, I say, this is kind of strange, but I tell people to have a cancer plan. Because, you know, 50% of us are getting cancers, right? And it's going uh, well, in the next in the next three decades, 100%. Everybody's right. kids. I think so. I think that's what well, we're well, that's, so. what this, that's what the charities are saying. Megan, where, tell us again, where can people find you? So my, my first film is at boobsdoc.com, B-O-O-B-S, D-O-C.com. Uh, and then my second film is a new standard of care.com. So those are the two websites. Fantastic. I hope your next film, you're going to have me in it and my daughter and everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, and you natural nurse army out there, you're in the army now. Remember, I'm watching you. I'm right every corner. 
If you're eating in McDonald's, get in the bathroom and bitch slap yourself because you shouldn't be eating any of that. You should not be eating it. Your body is your temple. Doesn't matter how nice your car is. Doesn't matter how many designer pairs of sunglasses you've got. Doesn't matter how many nice holidays you go on, how long your fingernails are, how much lip filler you've got, or whatever else you've got, how big you fellas pump your muscles up. I've seen you all working out at the gym. What good are your muscles if you've not got your health? It doesn't matter what you've got because ultimately, ultimately, the best vehicle you'll ever have in your life is your body. And it should be the one thing that you spend the most money on the fuel that you put in it. Food is your medicine. So, you know, you've been listening to myself and Megan talking about cancer. So I want to finish up with, with everything that you can do. And I'm going to list it. I've lived it. I've breathed it. I'm living and breathing it again now for my daughter. I live and breathe it every day with all my patients. I can't call them patients, actually. We're not to call them patients anymore because that means to suffer and endure. You are students. You are students learning in the Natural Nurse Army. You can email me, incidentally, with your stories if you're a survivor or anything else you want me to cover. I'll cover it all. I'll even cover you in marmalade. Uh, and your fella can lick it off as long as it's sugar-free. Kate Shamarani at tntradio.live. Um, you've got to be thinking about the best food that you can buy, organic food, nutrient-dense, as colourful, as many different varieties as you can. That's what Professor Arnold Eric talks about, a mucusless diet, look him up. Grow your own. I've got so much celery growing on my windowsill, it's incredible. You chop the bottom off, juice it all. I have big, massive celery juice every morning. It's a herb. We're talking scripture. The herbs are our medicine. Get it down your neck on an empty stomach. Uh, chop the bottom off, put it in some water, it starts to grow. Get outside every morning and earth yourself. Sleep with your feet on an earthing mat, but stand on the bare earth. It's fantastic. If you've got a squealing baby, sit with your feet on the earth, breastfeed it. That child will stop squealing. Hey, thank goodness. Drink clean water. Don't drink the tap water. There's a big push in the press at the moment about drinking uh, bottled water's poisonous. Of course it is. They want you drinking their water so they can put their pandemic X in it or whatever it is they're coming up with next. You've got to think about your sleep. You should all be in bed couple of hours before midnight uh, your bedroom should be for having a jolly good time with your fella or your woman or sleeping not watching telly chuck the telly out the room turn your wi-fi off turn it off put it on a timer if you can't remember um also think about what you're watching what you're reading if it's all doom and gloom i don't know if you've noticed the world is gorgeous it's wonderful get out in the midday sun when your shadow is short get out in it in the summer sunbathe no one cares how wide your backside is well i might look at it and gossip for two minutes you need to get your vitamin d and you can store it all year that's what you need to do and so clean air clean water clean food stop putting toxic stuff on your body toxic perfume toxic toxic detergents and what's this with the scented candles and plug-in air fresheners throw them out throw them out you don't need it and if you're eating a clean diet you won't even smell anyway your skin doesn't smell anyway don't go away because in my next half i've got a doctor who saw the covid con full swing and he left being a doctor and now he's actually an earth brother and he's learning everything that's natural and wonderful dr kohalathras probably said that all wrong you're listening to me and myself my lovely guest megan Kate Shamarani, natural nurse for TNT. And uh, you're in the right place because you're in the army now. So don't go away. 
go and get a quick drink, a quick pee. Yeah, we talk about pee and pooing as well because we're all human. And we will see you real soon in where, wherever you are in the world. This is the show to save your life. Catch you all in two ticks.